From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Here is a question that I received uh, from an elderly couple. Dear Dr. Kenner, my husband and I are senior citizens and live in a very aggressive area. So imagine your relatives living in a very aggressive area. We are mild-mannered. What can we do to stop the aggressive behavior towards us? So picture two senior citizens walking out and being afraid to walk out of their house. What type of aggression might they come up against? I'll continue with the email. We wish a psychologist would write a book on this subject. We try to treat people nicely and in a non-threatening manner. My husband does not go out a lot due to fear of being hurt, but I have to go out for necessities. Please help. Your friends, Jane and Jared. Now, I don't know them, but that's a, a sweet way to end their question. My question is, what questions would you like answered in that book that you want psychologists to write? And what comes to my mind are the typical questions, who, what, when, where, why? <laughs> and you want to throw in how you can. The first thing that, that, it, that I would ask myself, or if you were my parents, I would ask is, tell me who is bothering you? Who? Is it everyone in the neighborhood or are there a bunch of good folks and really it's only uh, three kids, three punk kids, or maybe it's an alcoholic on the corner, or maybe it's a street gang, or maybe the neighborhood is an inner city neighborhood and it is very threatening. Maybe you feel picked on all the time and they say nasty things, they call you names, you, you, you name it. You know, how do you go out when you know that you're, you're just going to be filled with anxiety? So first limit it to who. Who is doing it to you? You may even be in a college town. It may be a fraternity next door and they get they go on these drunken crazes or something. Not that all fraternity guys do this or uh, sorority gals. Uh, but I don't know what your situation is. So you want to ask who is doing this and name that for yourself because you want to get a specific strategy to deal with your particular problem. Then you do. Then you ask yourself the what question. What do they do? Do they just use foul language, in which case maybe you can just ignore it? Just listen to, maybe you can get an iPod. I know you're a senior citizen, but get maybe you're already up there with the technology and you can just listen to music very subtly and not pay attention to them. Um, what do they do? Do they steal? Do they call you names? Do they try to punch you or kick you around? You know, what is the actual threat? Uh, that's another question, and, and I'll come up with some solutions in a moment. The third question would be who, what, when? When? When do they do it? Is it early in the evening? Well, you may want to plan your, your day, your trips out around when they don't do it. Maybe early morning is a safer time or mid-afternoon. Maybe all the drunks are sleeping on the bench early morning, so you can go out early morning. The next question would be where? Where? Is it safer in one direction if you turn left and go to the market on the path to the left, even though your favorite market is on the right, would that be safer for you? And then um, the the next question, why? Um, what would you like to be able to do more? You know, what is your motive? Why? Um, would you be able to like to, would you like to go for walks? Well, one of the solutions is to get together with people in your neighborhood who are good people. You may think that there's nobody who's good. I went once went to a workshop and the woman said, 
a one woman said, you know, everybody, I wor- live in such an unsafe neighborhood. And when she thought about it, she limited it to one home, one group home that was pretty unsafe. But the rest of the neighborhood was safe. And she even laughed about it at the end of it. Her fears were unwarranted. That may not be your case. But you can go to the police department and look for, ask them what to do in your particular situation. Look for some legal guidance. Um, you can go to websites. There's a website on the council. National Crime Prevention um, Council website that you can go to. And what they say is that knowledge is the best antidote for fear. There are neighborhood watch groups that you can go to. You can establish a buddy system. This is from their website in which neighbors check up on one another. I'm reading right from their website. Buddy, the buddy system in which neighbors check up on one another, accompany one another, another to the bank, the store, or to a doctor's appointment, and watch over home homes when neighbors are away. Maybe your husband and you and a group of people could all plan to go out together. Maybe you could get a police escort or a volunteer escort that could help you, someone younger. Maybe you could learn some self-defense for the el- for the elderly or seniors too. I know when I worked with a very difficult population, we even carried a little button called a distress alarm. So when I worked with um, some dangerous in, in um patients uh, in um, an institution, we would use carry that button with us if we thought that if just in case they got violent. So I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Here's my number. And stay tuned uh, because later on in the show, if you are under a lot of stress and you don't know how to cope with all the demands that are placed on you, I will be talking with Dr. Ed Locke, who is an expert on stress and coping, and we will discuss important ways to reduce the stress in your life. Live a little. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path of Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Most couples make precious little time for romantic moments. Making a relationship work and keeping the romance alive takes motivation, time planning, and communication. Even small misunderstandings can destroy a romantic moment, and accumulated, festering misunderstandings can destroy your romance. When you are juggling dual careers, work schedules, kids, paying bills, in-law visits, checking email, doing laundry and dishes, and getting daily exercise, how do you find the spare time for romance? Notice a problem with the way this last sentence was phrased. Spare time? What ranking was romance assigned? Where did it come in terms of priorities? It is true that active, productive people have to make time for sex, but intimacy shouldn't be relegated to the category of a spare time activity. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.